Well, she's managed to catch her breath and she's sitting down. <laughs> I am so happy to welcome you into studio. Uh, Rita Zwani, do we, do we call you Rita or like everybody else just calls you Mazwane? Um, they call me Rita and some call me Mazwane, yeah. but mostly it's Rita. Okay, we'll yeah. go with Rita for today. But tonight. I like Mazwane. Rather <laughs> use Mazwane, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, you've just uh, released a book recently. Um, it's called Conquering the Poverty of the Mind, Mazwane's Story, uh, from Shipping Container to Busy Corner, uh, The Entrepreneurial Journey of the Shisanyama Pioneer. And I got the book. I get a lot of books. I interview a lot of authors. And I thought, this, this looks good. It's going to be interesting. And I was hooked. I was, what a story. What a story. I mean... This this journey has, has taken you a good few years, hasn't it? It has. It has. Uh-huh. It has taken me 20 years. 20 years. But it started off um, in a little town outside of Freyheit, I believe. What, a little, what do we call it? A township? Yes, yes. Um, more of a village. A village. Yes, in Ngoje. Uh-huh. But it's a beautiful part of the world. And the pictures that you draw with your words of the sun rising up over the valleys and uh, the traditional Zulu huts, because you are, a, you are a proudly Zulu woman. Of course. You know, and uh, I'd, I'd been practicing my Zulu, but it wasn't good enough to, to, to say hello properly. Not, not, not properly. So, <laughs> I can do that, okay? <laughs> and then after which it, it, it becomes very much mm-hmm. I do try, but I don't always get it right. But, You'll get there. but from a very, very early age, and, and I must tell you, um, your, your story is a story of perseverance. It's a story of triumph, but it's also a story of loss, quite a lot of loss. Um, and, and I think um, you lost your dad when you, were, you, were, you weren't even born yet. Yes. And uh, you lost your dad. And then your mom, I mean, she must have been a superwoman. Six kids. And she just, she managed to keep you guys all going. Mm-hmm. And, and started off that entrepreneurial sort of spirit in you from a very early age. I mean, you were, you were selling stuff from what, at the age of five or something? Sweets already at five. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And was that something you just knew you always wanted to do? Well, inspired by my mother, let me say, um, at the age of five, five, it mm-hmm. was as simple as a child that goes to school, come back, you know, those days it wasn't even more of pocket money, but I think my mom was just instilling the culture um, as young as I was five mm-hmm. to say, you know, if you if you want to go to church, because we'd go to church and that pocket sweet money would use it to go to church. But obviously, you know, these days we call it keep, keep sweets. Small yes. stuff that you want to buy as a child. Mm. Instead of giving me money every day or every every week, I would sell packets of sweets. And when I come back, um, after three days or four days, it's finished. And then she will ask me. And when I look back now, and I'm thinking that, you know, she was already instilling that culture. Because mm-hmm. she will say, how much have you got now? Then I will tell her, do you know how much I bought that pocket of sweet for? And I say, I don't know. She tells me. Mm. Then I started count. I would start counting. She says, okay, how much are you left with? If it's two rent or a rent that I'm left with, she says, okay, bring the other one, keep that rent, I'll go and buy another pocket of sweets. So when I look um, uh, many years later, I realize that actually um, my mom knew hustling before we even know the word called hustling. But we were hustlers. And I say those were original hustlers, our parents. Mm -hmm. But that is is something that, that, that 
I don't know. I can't. I can't put my finger on it. But 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 the concept of of hustling and and specifically sort of township lifestyle. Um, it is. There's this vibrancy. There's this 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 energy. Um, I interviewed last year a gentleman by the name of Gigi Alcock, and uh, he wrote a book. I don't know if you know Gigi. I, I know. Yeah. Oh, well, he wrote it. His one of his books is yes. is Cassonomics. Mm. And when I was talking to him, when when we found out about the what's what's happening. Um, in the townships and this vibrant mm. economy. I mean, the rest of the country, everybody's complaining about how we, we're doing so badly, the government's this and that. And yet, these small businesses in the townships are growing, they're thriving, there's great economy there. And there is this, this spirit, and you mention it in the book, the spirit of Ubuntu, still alive and well. Because I think it became a very nice word to use and then people kind of forgot about it. Mm-hmm. But it's still alive and well. Yes, in the township it is, because... You know, I remember those years getting to Johannesburg of our staying in, in the CBD with a friend. Mm. But as soon as, you know, I caught a taxi to Tembisa, you know, when you get to the township, you just feel that vibrancy. You yes. know, a neighbor knows the other, I mean, the next door neighbor. Um, a gate that when you want to go to, you know, to the direct opposite, mm. you don't have to go around. I mean, that spirit of Ubuntu, when one does not have salt, it's as easy as, you know, shouting, you yes. know, neighbor, can I have salt? And you just get it. Yeah. And when it comes to business as well, it's more of how it starts in the township. When you look at it, it's more first of putting food on the table, mm. like how our parents started. Mm. But it ends up becoming, it's an informal economy that has got so much opportunities mm. an informal economy that has grown so much um it's it's it's, it's a type of an e- economy that even when investors come in i do say you look at the fact that it's the second economy i call it like that and the mm. first economy the first economy those that are coming to the township and when they get to the township it's like the, the, there is a bridge a bridge gets to to to, to second economy which is township people but the spirit of ubuntu i know it because i practice it myself you know, from busy corner. I'm Chakalaka Tumbling. I can name many stuff where I could have put that money into my income and have a a, a good, a beautiful income statement. Mm. But that spirit of Ubuntu in the township to say, instead of me having this bread alone, let me see if I can, you know, share with others. But the township economy is, yeah, is big and it's growing. I know. And it's, there is, to me, that's the true South Africa. When you, when you, when you're in there, um, a place like Busy Corner, you know, and, and in the old days, if we go back to the old apartheid days, you know, you wouldn't dare as a, as a, as a white person, you wouldn't dare set your foot into a township because everybody was going to hate you. And were, it's not like that. It's not like that these days. Yes, not anymore all. because there are opportunities. Number one, mm. and 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 that that spirit of Ubuntu as well to say at the end of the day we are all Africans. Yes. We are South Africans. If you want to have a, a, a township experience or a township feel, mm. in fact, talking about that, that's the whole reason why I I I, I established the subsector of Shesanyama. Mm. It was inspired by that to say someone who stays in in in, in Centurion, a white person who stays in Centurion or in Santin, wanna get to the township and understand how the township is like mm. and the township lifestyle, you know. And you get to the township and you say, where is Shisanyama? Mm. I'm no longer talking about Shisanyama as a busy corner alone, but in any township that you get to and when you look at, you find Shisanyama, you know the kind of lifestyle that you are looking you are looking for. It's going to be the experience, mm. you know, watching people walking up and down, you know, children 
passing the robot, going to um, 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 maybe to a center up the road, that vibrancy that is in the township, there is, it's lively. There mm. is life. But either than just life only, we need to be able to make money out of it mm. because, the, like we say, it's got so much opportunities. It is. It, and and, and I, think, I think that is the true spirit of South Africa because... You know, and you spoke about it as well. You mentioned in the books when you when you go to your friend's house who, who worked here in Midrand, um, and on one of the big plots, and you you got the the six Dalmatians there <laughs> that you thought were going to eat you. But I mean, it's 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 there's a lot of money and it's beautiful. There's no energy. I mean, if you look at it in predominantly white neighbourhoods, you hardly even know your neighbours. You know, um, and I lived. I lived for quite a few years. I, I lived. I've only recently moved uh, out to to Pretoria East, mm-hmm. um, but I lived in a complex here in Midrand. Yes. And for me, Midrand is one of the best places around because mm-hmm. it's like this cultural melting pot. I mean, you know, just in in my little corner of my complex, mm-hmm. um, there was an Indian family, there was a coloured family, there was a mixed uh, a mixed marriage family, was, and everybody got along. And you know, um, if we were going out, if I was going out somewhere. And you just say to the neighbour, "Hey, I'm I'm going out now. Won't you just keep an eye on the place?" Or mm. they say, "We're going away. Would you go?" And yes. there was just this this sense of that. And I miss that part of of, of being in Midrand. I must be honest. Mm-hmm. I do I do miss that. But let's get back to your journey because you've done some pretty amazing stuff. I mean, the one thing, I th- I th- if you could have seen me reading the book, <laughs> you would have you would have laughed because mm-hmm. um, your, one of your first jobs after you'd gotten to to Joburg was working at Sardis. Yes. <laughs> In and, I, and I was like, "What?" Shadi's, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Shadi's. Um, sure, that was that was back in the eighties, I guess, um, if not before. Um, around eighty nines, back yeah, back in the eighties, just mm. before nineties. Yeah, mm. um, and Shadi's. Let's call it a spade a spade. It was, it was, a, it was a strip club. Yes, it was a strip club. You know, but you didn't know that. Imagine when, a young girl getting to Johannesburg the first time because yeah. from from where I come from, KZN, you know, yeah. you when you dress, you fully covered, you know. Yes. Yeah. But when I got there, in fact, I, I, I used to spend some time watching, like, like sort of, I, I'm employed, I'm supposed to be serving customers, yeah. but it's like I'm shocked. Yeah. Is this Joburg? People, you know, yeah. I mean, this is kind of entertainment in Joburg, you know. Yeah. yeah, but but yeah, it was a strip club and I learned from that because three days later, of course, I got fired. I yeah. didn't share that in my book. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know how to, to mix the drinks. But that was the other thing. I mean, the whole interview process, <laughs> you walked in there expecting an interview mm-hmm. and they said, you're hired, you're going to be a, 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 a waitress. Mm. And people started asking you. I mean, you mentioned a couple of wines in that book. I don't even know what they were. So good luck, you know. Good luck figuring that out. Yeah. So then you 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 left that, and then when you got to Tembisa, mm-hmm. um, you were working for another company. What company were you working for? Well, when I got to Tembisa, besides the fact that it, whilst I was a site, when I got fired at Satis, mm-hmm. you know, I worked um, at a hairdresser. But when I got to Tembisa, I was working in, even though, even though the company, I don't remember as well, but it was a bandage company yeah. where I was working. And um, then I got to Tembisa because a friend had brought me there. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to catch a taxi from now Tembisa because it was simpler in Joburg. And the salary I was getting at a time, um, I think it was about 120 a week. That was for transport. 120 a salary, not a transport, a salary. salary. A week, it was about 120. So I had to get, you know, a transport out of that, eat, and probably I was left with about 30 rand or 20 rand. But one thing that kept me going, I knew in my heart and in my mind that 
I hated cycling. Mm-hmm. I hated it with passion. I would, I would, it was a situation where I would rather be left with 20 rand, mm. but wake up in the morning, smell fresh air, get into a taxi, you know, like everybody else, mm. meet people, I could meet opportunities uh, uh, along the way. Mm. Obviously, a few months later, and um, that company didn't work and, and, um, and they closed as well. So I had to come back uh, and stay at home. But whilst I was staying at home, I was looking around me, like I say, I hated Akling. Akling. So the ladies I was staying with was actually working at Eskom. Um, I don't want to say much because people are still going to read the book. Yep. But I do want to share the fact that whilst I was sitting at home, as I was cleaning her house, opening a wardrobe, you know, trying because I didn't want to be a freeloader. Mm. And then I saw that she had beautiful clothes and she was wearing um, a uniform at Eskom. I thought, shucks, this is opportunity. This is what my mom taught me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask her to give me some of the clothes that she's not wearing so that I can go and sell them um, over the weekend. Yeah. And I did at Okmore Station. This is, uh, you see, this is what I found so amazing. And I mean, in the middle of all of this, you managed to study. I mean, you went to Kelly Greenoak Secretarial College as well. Yes, yes. Because where that's the thing, you know, there's another second job within those few years when I was in Jobek, mm. where the company closed down again, and there they had, you know, wanted to give me an opportunity to go in and to get, in fact, to promote me. Mm. But just before that happened, the company closed. So I, I was earning, if I'm not making mistakes, like 820 there. So they gave me three times the amount. And I had to think long and hard. What was I going to do with this 820 rand times three that I was given as a package? So I took a decision to say, you know what? Let me just go and do secretary courses and computer courses. This could open doors for me. I could have taken that money, you know, and go. I was a young girl. And go and buy beautiful shoes, you know, hairstyle. But I, I took a decision to say, I must invest. And a single mom at that stage as well. Yes. So there's a lot of stuff. My special guest in studio this evening, uh, author of Conquering the Poverty of the Mind, uh, Mazwane's story, it is Rita Zwane. We'll be back chatting some more to Rita. Fascinating. I tell you what, you've got to get this book. We'll tell you where you can get it in just a bit. My special guest in studio, uh, Rita Zwane. Mazwane, Conquering the Poverty of the Mind. It is such an inspiring story. Um, and I don't want to give away too much in the book because I promise you there's, there's laughter there's tears, there's struggle. It's just a great, great read. And I read a lot. I, I sort of read about two, three books a week easily. Um, and I'm, I generally have one over here that I'm reading, one on the Kindle I'm reading. This one I couldn't put down. I was absolutely fascinated by it. Um, but let's move on to, to, to how you started um, uh, Chisanyama Busy Corner because you're now in Tembisa, you're working, you've got a full-time job, but you notice that just down the road, there's a butchery, but it's in a container. Tell me about that. Yes, um, I was walking um, the street, down the streets of Tembesa at the time, trying to find the kind of business that um, I can operate. And remember, at that time, I shared this a lot, I already had three jobs eh? I, I had a full-time job mm. as a receptionist where I was working. Yeah. Um, my car was contracted in a Korea, um, Korea company. Oh, yes, there was yes. that. And in the evening, so during the, during the day, I would catch a taxi to go to work yeah. because the driver would then take my car um, that I had employed who was working in a Korea company because I already had a, a, a small city golf at that time. Mm. And the third one, in the evening, then I would work uh, as a waitron. Yeah. So as I was walking down the streets of Tembisa that particular weekend, thinking that in my mind, I've always known, you know, I feel that I, I want to 
be a businesswoman. I want to run some kind of a business someday. So as I was looking, I came across that container. And when I saw the container, I went inside and I asked the lady that was, was, was working there to say, okay, what are you selling here? It was more of a convenient uh, uh, shop at the time, a convenient butchery. And they told me where the owners were. That Monday, I gave them a call in the morning to say to them, "Look, I want to see you." They agreed. When I got there in the after, in the in the in the afternoon from work, by the way, from my full time work, and I was wearing my high heels and stockings. Uh -huh. And when I told them that you know I want to start a business and I want to buy the air container, they looked at me and I think they just could not. Be, they they still tell me now because we still talk to them. Yeah. They are good friends of mine, and they were saying, "We remember that very first day, Rita, when you walked in your high heels. We thought, is this girl gonna make it in the township? Yeah. You know, under the sun." When she's coming from um from work, it's a building with, with aircons. Is mm. she gonna make it? But then they gave me a chance, yes, and I got a container from them and, and the money that they wanted, obviously I didn't have. That's I, I, that's part of the book that's fascinating. Let's not tell that whole story. Yeah. But suffice to say they wanted a certain amount. Mm. Rita had another idea. Mm. And you managed to sell on that idea, which was <laughs> amazing. You got to read the book to find out about it. Yes. But now, now you get your container, mm. and now you've got to start selling all your bits and pieces. Yes. Now I've got the container. In fact, this was just started in Ivory Park. Yeah. The one that many people know, busy corner that is in Epony. It was five years later. Yeah. But it started in 1997. You know, three years after after um, a democracy, mm -hmm. and that was the time when opportunities were there. You know, yeah. and 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 I grabbed the opportunity as well. But it was on the side of the road in Ivory Park. You know, and um, then I got the container. Obviously. That was the fourth week. So I had to leave the other one. And lastly, I left um, two years later. Mm -hmm. I left my full-time job to focus solely on the business because I could see it was doing well. Yeah. I could see I focused solely on the business for one reason because what I was getting was more like two times my a month, two mm. times my, my salary. And then I realized that, you know what, I can just resign from my full-time work and start focusing on the container. And that was the best decision I made for myself. But now... From the container, you were you were selling because because the deal was you would get and we I'm going to mention it it was it was uh, two brothers that, that yes, uh, Texera brothers. the Texera brothers yeah. who who became friends and mentors yes, of you yes um, but what were you selling from them because the deal was you get the container but you have to buy the meat from them yes the, inside the container there was yeah. a fridge mm -hmm. there was a scale because they had also packaged it but mm -hmm. it was like i say it was more like a a, a convenient butchery yeah. for them and mina when i first when i first um, um was selling from that container for the first two years obviously i was selling meat you know mm. and it was um a gas griller as well, not amalathe, not coals. Yes. I had a, a gas griller. So I was focusing and, and the market was more in, in Ivory Park because Ivory Park and Otembisa, in fact, let me talk about Ivory Park more. Mm. Why why I got the corner and put it there? Because there was even no electricity at the time. Roads yeah. were still not even. The proper infrastructure was not I, even established. I remember when, when Ebony Park and Ivory, so it's Ebony yes. Park, Ivory Park, when they kicked off, it was. It, it there was there was very little infrastructure there. So without without that infrastructure, without electricity, that means you can't keep meat in, you know in, 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 in your house because mm. then you need to have a fridge. 
so then it was more of in the afternoon number one when someone wants to cook can just buy meat and go and cook home yeah. at home number two if you don't feel like cooking then it was an, an option the option was prime meat maybe make pap at home yeah. and then you know that instead of getting your fried chicken you know from the taxi rank you would rather you know at the corner in ivory park yes. there is something there is a product that is beginning to talk to the kind of dishes that we love, the kind of dishes that we, we eat. Mm. It wasn't even Shisanyama at the time. It was more like pie and pry. Yeah. Yeah. So from that point, two years later, I started going back, realizing that, you know what, I've worked as a waitron. And what did I learn from there? Even at the Egyptian restaurant, they were billy dancers. First mm -hmm. it was Satis, which was a strip club. And yeah. then the other one, this was Egyptian restaurant big dancers. Yeah. And then I said, I saw that, in fact, what these people were selling was not food. It was the experience. You know, yes. people that are coming from, yes, coming, if it's an Egyptian restaurant, and there are many people that were Egyptians that were in the country, and that, you know, one that feeling of home. Yes. And it was at that point that I said to myself, this is an opportunity. I've been in Joburg for this long now. I do feel like eating Uputu sometimes. I do feel like home. What is it out of this convenient shop that is in a container that I can change and make it more like an experience? It's the time that the subsector of Shisanyama was started. Because when I did that, I went to, to Denver. I said, it can't be just about food. When I moved, when I bought another container, two containers and put them in the at, at busy corner where most people know most people know busy corner which wasn't busy corner which then. wasn't busy corner at the time <laughs> it wasn't that busy <laughs> but what influenced me to go to denver and get you know um, uh, uh, the traditional dancers mm. because i now wanted to create this african experience it was at that time yeah, that i was sitting even in the middle of the night crafting this thing in my head what is it that i can offer either than just fast food which was by and by at the time mm. that's when busy corner started okay? that's when game you know the concepts of subsector of chisanyama started and then it exploded because everybody else when they saw it they said this is one concept in food and beverage industry that talks to our lifestyle our identity where we can celebrate our culture and heritage and create great memories and 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 it is and and it's it's simple food a lot of the time, but very elegant and tasty. And it's it's soul food, I guess, is is a term that yes, gets used a lot. Yes. But it is it's comfort food. Yes. You know, it makes you feel like you're 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 back at home. And and mm. yeah, meat down on the gas grill, not so good, not so good. Anyway, when we come back, I want to chat to you about the growth, and then because you haven't just focused on yourself and your family. You've, you've gone out there, and you mentioned this earlier, your spirit of Ubuntu. When we come back, I want to have a chat about that a bit uh, and then wrap up, and we'll tell you where you can get uh, Rita's book. But you've got to do yourself a favor, man. If, you, if you're in and around the area of Midrand or in the area of our transmission or where if you're listening anywhere else in the country and you get a chance, do yourself a favor. It is an experience of note. It's, it's just the vibrancy, the sights, the sounds, the colors, the smells, the taste. Mm. Brilliant. Mm. When we come back, we'll wrap up with Rita. Not even starting to burn out, but burning strong, my special guest in studio, uh, Mazwane. Conquering the poverty of the mind, it is uh, Mazwane's story. Uh, you should be able to get this online. Um, I think there's a digital version of it available, but at most good bookshops. Mm, mm. 
Are you selling this at Busy Corner? Yes, we're selling this at Busy Corner. We're selling it in Midrand as well. Because there's another Shisanyama we've opened in Midrand. I heard. I was yeah. going to ask you, is it now open? It's opened. But it it's more It's year. more for like the millennials yes. and everything. You know, yes. those, those people that are a bit <laughs> unsure about stuff. Whereabouts is it here in Midrand? Um, it's in Midrand Mall. It, hmm? It's China, China, China. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. It's them. Okay. Yeah, we opened in, in, in September last year. Yeah. So you do find the book there as well. Mm-hmm. And you also find in exclusive books. Yeah. Yeah. So and Amazon.com, you yes. also find it there. Mm. Do yourself a favor. Mm-hmm. Get hold of this book. It is brilliant. It is a, it's a great read. It's an amazing story. And it's one of those when you put it down at the end of it, you go, you know what? That's why I love this country. So well done to you. Mazwani, I think you've done an amazing, amazing thing. Let's wrap up by saying you've now got the container, you've started this this idea, Mm -hmm. and as we said before we went into the ad, it exploded. But that wasn't enough for you because you looked around you and you saw people around you and you thought, how can I help them benefit as well? Tell me a bit about that. Well, that's packaging with the car wash. That's Mazwani again. That started that, that that kind of a package because yeah. when 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 as people come in driving like we were talking earlier their cars and you look at the kind of cars that they were driving still when I was in a container I could see that you know what how else can we keep um customers that are coming in when they are finished buying meat and then I put a, 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 the shisanyama obviously today when you have when you see shisanyama is the car wash then it must be a a, a, a hand beauty salon which is more of of of, of a of a lifestyle mm. but with chakalaka I also made a, a, a conscious decision those days what was popular was archer and you'd buy acha in five liter or ten liters. Yes. And my yes. De- decision I took back then, I am not going to buy five liters and ten liters. Instead, I will get other women um, around the community, show them how to make chakalak, and then let them supply. Show them how to make dumpling, and then let them supply again. I could have decided to sell pap and, and bread rolls, but mm. then I thought bread rolls is going to benefit big companies. Yeah, and, 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 and it's, the township. it's not as satisfying it, as it, pop. It, yes, it's satisfying as pop. And yeah. those that want an option, they would go for bread rolls. Yes. But then I decided, never, I'm not putting bread rolls here. We will sell a, a dumpling. Because when I sell dumpling, I will get other women again around a, a, the same community, mm-hmm. show them how to make dumpling, and then they supply mazwan. And if you look at many shisanyamas, obviously you find that the meat goes with either pop or dumpling. Yeah. But Mina, when I package that, it's because I wanted to empower uh, others. Either than that, over the years, what I then did, I was looking for 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 um, other opportunities, and I started buying properties. Cause one thing I've always known when I read other books, mm. because I've been reading books, I wanted to know how successful people think and how to invest money. When I bought those properties, when Mbizo Shisanyama grow, we knew it was a case of just putting a structure. But I'm not worried much about the actual the actual property. Mm. And um and, and yes, and some of them we've developed and some we're still going to develop. But but I I I, I grew in a sense that I didn't want to just focus on food and beverage. Mm. Well, I did take a chance somewhere because I went into trucking as well. But that that did, that failed. It's not in my book, but it failed. <laughs> but I mean it's it's the same as it's the same as your courier company. I mean, uh just I think the costs of doing something like the, the taxi business as yes, well. Yes. The costs of doing that kind of business, it's, mm. it's hectic. I mean, it, it costs a lot of money. Another interesting part is um, your battle to get financing. But by the time somebody wanted to give you financing, you'd saved up enough of your own money anyway. Yes. And so- you were like, nah. And talking about finance, this was the thing with, with Ushisanyam. Because yeah. when you go to the bank, it's in my book as well. Mm. I would go to the banks 
I would go to some, you know, um, uh, government institution as well. And when I when I talk about Tushisanyama, they were saying, what is it that she's talking about? Because yeah. they are used, you know, the franchises. It's either it's your peckers or your your um, uh, uh, fried chickens. But when I go to the bank and say, those are some of the challenges I explain in my book, and say, it is Shisanyama that, you know, I want to grow and I've already established it. And it was quite a, quite a challenge to convince them and make them understand what products are you talking about? Yeah. By the time they came back, of of course, some of them I I had said, you know what, um, I've already put the building and it's done. Yeah, I know that was the amazing part. <laughs> but I got to ask you because when you say that you taught people to make the chakalaka, because mm. there's a way that people from KZN make chakalaka, mm. which is not the same way as sure. what you. So so that is your secret because um, your chakalaka definitely does taste different. Yes, you know, like. Okay, I wonder how you know that, but it's true. From KZN to make chakalaka takes two hours. Yeah. And f when we make chakalaka here, you actually have to invest like sort of half a day. Yeah. Starting by preparing, cooking the chakalaka to make sure it's properly cooked. Yeah. It's six to seven hours. Uh huh. And then you can uh, uh, package it the following morning. So the, yes, there is a difference. And the reason for that is that things like oh, tomato, you can't put it because then it's not gonna last long. Mm. But see, I taught them how to make chakalak. I'm sure you ask your question. How did you know that? Because we are coming from from KZN. I spent some time there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, you, you you've done absolutely amazing stuff. The book is available. Um, Busy Corner is a is a huge success. You've got the second one here. Where to next for Mazwani? What's next for you? Okay. At Mazwani, I've started a, a foundation. Mm -hmm. I registered the foundation. I wanted to launch it last year, but it's going to be this year. The reason for this foundation is to... I want the foundation to focus on, on entrepreneurship and early childhood development. You know, how I, I grew and how I became a businesswoman, I know that the... In, this your surrounding influences you and mm. there are people that has helped me guiding me and mentoring me i used to get lots of of, of young people coming to me to busy corner mm. you know just wanting guidance and many of them have run successful businesses and one of the person who encouraged me to to, to open a foundation says mazwan i can't come back to you i don't know how to thank you but should you still start a foundation we will be able to say Create more Omazwanet, create more of us, people that you've helped. So yeah. it is the foundation, number one. Number two, developing um, uh, uh, the properties that, that we've, uh, we, we've bought. One of the properties is right across the busy corner. We're going to be putting a filling station and a motor city there. So that's Mazwanet's focus from now on. I think it's wonderful stuff. One of the ladies that I interviewed a while ago, uh, she is the CEO of a company called Future Proof SA. Mm. Her name is Lisa Illingworth. And she also does entrepreneurships in mm. schools and developmental mm. stuff. Maybe I should put you guys in touch. I, I think you can happy. do some wonderful stuff. Mm. Richard Zwani, Mazwani, thank you so much. And, and I know you had a hectic day today and you were running around and driving and being all over the place. Thank you for making it in. Um, and I wish you all the best. Go from strength to strength. And uh, I'm hoping I'm going to find some time so I can pop in and have some lunch at Busy Corner one of these days. Mm -hmm. It's a pleasure. And thank you for inviting me, Dave. Absolutely <laughs> wonderful. There we go. That's my special guest, Rita Zwane. Um, I should have I should have bought I should have bought myself some takeaways for tonight or something because next up Sarah Gray and Sarah Gray creates flavors for foods so we're going to be chatting to Sarah and finding out all about what she does.